Welcome to the podcast, Becoming Goddess Again. I'm your host, Yogi Vanessa. I am a clairsentient psychic healer, kundalini yoga teacher, bioenergetic healer, and spiritual life coach. After writing my first book, Living in the Magic of Life, which you can find on my website, yogivanessa.com. This podcast was born out of my observation of the world around me, working with medicine women, shaman, and healers. I will continue to do this interviewing people from around the world so that we can all find our authentic voice. It is now our time to awaken and become conscious. Please comment below or check out my website, yogivanessa.com. Thank you for joining me. You can join me on every first and third Monday of every month. Now let's get to the show. My guest today, Karina Gyan Atma, is a fellow Kundalini yoga teacher, a Reiki master and practitioner, a health coach, and a sacred dance teacher. I count her among my closest friends. She is probably one of the most authentic people I've ever met definitely a soul sister and I just love talking to her. Let us welcome Karina. So Karina, welcome to Becoming Goddess again. Thank you. I am so excited and happy and grateful to you for taking your time to talk to me again today. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me and for considering me for your podcast. It's a it's such an honor because I hold you as this amazing, beautiful goddess flourishing in your own light. So thank you. I am excited to have you here with me because you really were part of the fire that alchemized into me getting this done. <laughs> you were my, you're my first guest. And even though the first recording didn't come out as great in quality the the stuff that we spoke about was beyond amazing so that's going to get us started of course we could talk for hours and hours and hours yeah. so let's jump into what you just spoke about which was transforming into a goddess what do you think because as we said the last time the goddess is the supreme being who is able to use their super powers for anything to come about that they wish and that is the definition of a goddess and we spoke about how the god also plays a role but you see me as maybe a little bit further along than you, but what do you think it's going to require for you to tap into your power because you are so infinitely gifted, perhaps even beyond your own realization at this moment, but somewhere deep inside you, I know you know. So what do you think, what are you trying to do to get there every day? Um, I think it's it's me listening to my inner self. It's creating quiet spaces outside of the noise of the world to tap into what brings me joy and giving myself permission to to do that which gives me joy without letting go of other people's judgments likes and dislikes um getting out of the box basically and and then also we'll take a little some confidence work so working on my confidence too um because Sometimes the things that I love to do or I'm intending to create, perhaps they haven't been created yet. So um, it's kind of, you know, my offering is unique, as is everybody else's. So I think it's working on my confidence. Once I listen to the voice, decide to take some steps, and they don't have to be big steps, like small steps towards that 
authentic expression of myself. So one of your offerings is to share sacred dance. Can you tell me a little bit about what that does for you to do sacred dance and to teach sacred dance? Uh, yes. Yeah, so yes, dance would be for sure one of the expressions uh, of my inner self or that inner goddess. I feel she just wants to come out and dance. Um, and it's it's so in me. Um, and I remember when I first kind of had a hint of it, I saw it outside of myself first in another person. And I always feel that whenever we see something either in somebody's work, whether there's a poetry or a book or a talk that we listen to or a movie that we see that really moves us. I feel that it's, it's that reflection of ourselves that we see in somebody else. So for me was when I first saw this Brazilian brother and sister dancing Zouk. And I was so moved by the way they, they danced and just their spirit um, that he had me going on a journey to wanting to learn that because it moved me. Um, it's like falling in love with someone, like it's just the chemistry. You, It's beyond the thinking mind. It's really something that moves you. So it really moved me and I went on to learn that. But then it, I got in my head and um, it was a little bit competitive and, you know, you had to learn the, the steps and everything. And for some reason, um, I gave that up for a while and now I've realized that I can still do it so um, it's now it's going beyond the limitations of oh I'm too old to be retaking something that I love um, I'm 36 now so it's kind of going beyond kind of brushing that off like oh I'm 36 now why am I thinking about retaking that kind of thing and then also creating my own um, knowing that I don't need uh, a dance partner in order to dance or I don't need uh, to follow particular steps in order to dance I can just put music that move me and allow my body to move the way it wants to to move and wear clothes that it's also like an outer expert that makes me feel a certain way like a goddess type of way and so so I've decided to put this offering out for other women too um, rhythm something that comes natural to me because I'm born in Brazil so I, I naturally can move my hips and and I'd like to teach other women to access those spaces within themselves so that the type of dance zook is very sensual and I think that's part of why I really liked it as well it's very sensual um, it's flowy, but it's sensual without being sexual. Um, and not that I'm saying sexual is bad. I'm not um, implying that at all. But it was a particular type that really spoke to me and to the essence of who I feel I am. So so I'd like people, women in particular to um, access those spaces themselves and be able to explore sensual movements. And the reason I called it sacred space is because I want people to feel safe. So, um, you know, sometimes, especially as women, we can feel a little intimidated. I mean, I go out dancing all the time now. And I last night I went salsa dancing. And sometimes some of the men that go out to dance, they're there to pick up women. They can kind of step over a little boundary sometimes and be a little sleazy. So I can see why a lot of women get turned off by kind of doing partner dance. So that's why I called it sacred space. It's just between women, so they don't have to feel intimidated by men and really allowing their bodies to express sensuality. And 
And for myself, those limitations, one of them was the age. So kind of, well, I'm 36 now. Why am I going back to, to dance? I should be looking for a more serious job. You know, that's what the mind will tell me. And then the other limitation was the judgment because I practice a lot of yoga. And so feeling that it's wrong to express sensual movements or to even talk about it, you know, put it in a box like it doesn't exist. Like, oh, I'm all saintly now and I shouldn't be thinking about sensuality so for me it's giving myself permission to know i can still um, be spiritual and sensual like i don't have to divide the two or judge myself for it i can still do both so i think that giving the permission is really important so so that's what that's what the space is sacred dance for women um to express their sensuality to enjoy so it's also there's an element of pleasure um, and there's so much freedom in dance, you know, there's something about it. I mean, I've practiced yoga for years and I love yoga. Um, I practice it daily, but I felt that the yoga was more angles and triangles, um, the movement and dance just feels very fluid to me, flowy, free. Um, and I love music too. So listening to world music and I've seen performances, say for example, flamenco dancers and just the way they lose themselves in the, in the instrument, you know, um, in flamenco in the, in the case, like the, is usually men playing the guitar and the tablas and you can get into that space of losing yourself in the dance. So that's, that that's my offering now and i feel very happy about it, it makes me feel fulfilled and doing that so you talked about um feeling within and feeling balanced and so part of becoming goddess again is finding that balance perhaps if we've been over masculine and you spoke about how your mind tells you something perhaps finding a real job or a different job or something that perhaps doesn't really speak to you from your heart. And what is so important that I, I hope that the listeners can take in is there is this saying that is very old and ancient, and it is as above, so below. And my goal is that people of all sexes can understand how to put their feet on the ground solid on mother earth and feel her power and then keeping their head in the sky which is considered father sky by the native american shaman and medicine people so that's really how the paradigm is shifting and that we will be able to stand on this earth having that awareness of keeping our head sort of in the clouds, which means in the heavens, which means connected to that supreme deityness, that that uh, power, that infinite power of truth, of authenticity, and of hearing your calling and being that authentic person. Even if you don't know who that is quite yet, at least having the goal to move in that direction is really what this podcast is about and I think that you and I we we really bring that out of each other really well I mean we were in teachers training together and we were both going through our own stuff so thickly a few years ago right yes mm -hmm. and now I feel like we're both on really more solid ground in terms of our deep inner listening. 
So can you talk a little bit about how you feel a difference now in your own authenticity? I know part of, of course, your offering of dance, but you're also a Kundalini yoga teacher and a Reiki healer. And how does that translate for you into your own purpose and your authenticity? Um, I think I'm still on the path of discovering it. I mean, those are all pieces of the puzzle. So I think one thing that we need to move away from in finding our authenticity is letting go of the old paradigm that we need to be one thing. Um, And once a, a teacher friend of mine did say, we can wear many hats. So feeling like, oh, I need to be um a teacher or a banker or i'm a web designer and that's all that i am um i think that puts in limitations so for me i had to tap into all these different parts of myself so i definitely have the healing qualities in me the healing gifts um i love that nurturing part of myself and then i have the sexy part of myself the sensual the goddess the wearing of red and having my hair my hair down kind of Uh, part of myself woman goddess Um, and then I have the healthy eating which again I love food Um, I love good quality food and I love eating healthy it's just I've always have done so again it's natural to me it's not something that it's it's being difficult so I find that anything that it's easy for us that's almost like a natural uh, a natural gift it's a part of ourselves um, so does the, the healthy eating, the Reiki, the dancer, and then the yoga, which is also, it's a mix of what attracted me to yoga was that, that mix of movement uh, without needing the dance partner. So it's like the movement, the body movement with the spirituality. So the spiritual aspect. So both, so it was so attractive because he had both. And then also yoga very much so talks about health as well all the time, like having a healthy spine or having a healthy mind. So and it and it's the the marriage of the mind, body, and soul. So it was a perfect attraction for me. Um, so letting go that I have to label myself or be one thing. Or am I a vinyasa teacher? Am I a kundalini yoga teacher? Am I this? Am I that? I'm, I am all things, you know. So and I think that being in the flow of life, not getting the, not overthinking stuff. And I think back in the days um, we lived in a society which was m- more kind of wanting to know what is it that you're going to do with your life. You're going to be a banker, and then after that, what's the plan that you have? You're going to buy a house, and you're going to get married you're gonna so like all that planning I think has to dissolve we have to be a little bit more free I think yeah and give ourselves permission to invent what works for us and what works for us and share that with other people and some of it is nice to I I know some people are very drawn to uh, really a lineage you know I think some people get very drawn to a lineage you really speak to them so deeply that they dive deeply into that lineage um what do you mean they go 
Mm-hmm. What, what kind of lineage are you talking about? So, for example, for some people in, in healthy eating, some people can be like, I love Ayurveda, and Ayurveda has a lineage, is an ancient lineage, and you can go study that and go deeper and deeper and deeper. So you're like an Ayurvedic um, health coaching, for example. I'm not an Ayurvedic health coach, but I like aspects of Ayurveda. I like aspects of raw food. So I do what works for me, and then I share that with other people. And I'm saying some people really resonate with one lineage. I know friends who are raw vegan, and they've gotten deep deeper and deeper and deeper into just being raw vegan and then same with yoga some people can identify them with the lineage of kundalini yoga and one of them become Sikh I would say be like the deeper and and kind of do that more profoundly um, I have teachers who really identified felt a deep calling to the lineage of Hinduism you know and that line of yoga that way and and they've gone deeper and deeper deepening their practice in that lineage but I'm saying we don't have to necessarily dive deeply into one lineage um, and keep going deeper to feel that we're good enough you know I think if that feels like a natural calling that you just identify with being raw vegan or Ayurveda is your thing um, you can go that path but we shouldn't limit ourselves if we're if we can pick aspects of those lineages that we like and create something of our own, you know. Have you been feeling the energy? Because you've already shifted so much from the last time we spoke. You are really talking with a more solidified, higher frequency vibration for sure. Uh, I don't know. Have you felt any different in the last few weeks and months Or have you just learned from your own experiences how to sort of commit and focus in to your gifts? Or what have you been doing? I have felt a shift. I don't know if this was like an energy shift up in in the sky with the astrology and everything. Um, I have felt a shift. Um, I feel my energy has expanded. I don't know. I haven't really been doing um, anything different. In fact, I'm in a difficult transition at the moment um looking for a home as you know so i haven't been felt very grounded and i've have had challenges in that um where to root but i I have definitely been contemplating more this idea and and for years i have been saying i really want to be authentic um it's been my thing so um i've had to yeah i've had to contemplate a lot and go past beyond notice my thinking mind and whenever the the ego or my thinking mind is saying you know don't do what what do you know about kundalini yoga you know you haven't studied as long as some other people you don't know the meaning of some mantras you know kind of still showing up and ignoring that comment you know or about the dance um well how are you going to do it? How are you going to choreograph, choreograph it? How, who's going to come? Kind of again, going beyond that. I've just been, yeah, kind of really pushing that negative self-talk to the side and going, I'm going to show up and do it anyway, even amongst the, the challenges. But I, I do feel an uh, expansion in my energy. I don't know where it's come from. It's from the beginning of this year or from all the work that, as you know, we started off together. Yeah. <laughs> So. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working because yeah. even through, you know, in Kundalini Yoga, how we say, be comfortable in the uncomfortable, you know, be, breathe through any challenge that you're having in the yoga class. So 
what that teaches the mind and the body is to, right, to breathe through any challenges that will happen outside of the yoga class off the mat. Mm -hmm. And it really sounds like whatever you're doing is really sinking in Mm -hmm. and really you're finding balance in your masculine and your feminine because to be able to keep going the way you're doing it that's like the the divinest masculine and the divinest feminine that we can all embody every day it's like keep going find the discipline to you know keep up your work keep up all of the balls that you have in the air whatever it is for you but also relax into the flow relax and and so it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing but through this challenge so let's go let's talk a little bit about the card that you pulled just because how amazing it is and I want to tie it into how the universe really supports us when we are being authentic and when we are listening to our true calling from our heart so we did the cards we're not together today the last time we were together but today we're not together you're in Santa Monica and I'm in Ojai and yes, you, you've been looking for a solid place to live for the last few months. Yeah. And we spoke yesterday, but today I really, I wasn't even thinking about this card, but I know your situation. And so I said to you, ask a question. And then uh, it was so random the way it came out. It's so meant to be. It's in your aura. It's in your electromagnetic field. You pulled the card of the goddess Vesta, the Roman goddess. And it's the goddess card for home, which really, she's she's so present for you. She's so available to you. All you have to do is ask for her help. And what I'm discovering with every passing day, and so I wrote this book, Living in the Magic of Life, and I've been writing it for a few years. And I really was editing it after we graduated in 2016 or in 2000 the beginning of 2017 I was editing it so it took me a good six months to finish it but every time I would sit and write I would go immediately back into that vibration of magic and I would see repeating numbers that are my favorite numbers and I would meet people that give me something and then I'll turn around and see somebody else have that same thing or I'll hear a story and then somebody will tell me to go down the street and call this person and I'll see them and it's like the synchronicities are are so plentiful and everything is so serendipitous when I'm in the vibration of magic and this is a perfect example and it's proof that in this life we have to be open as women as goddesses even if we're a little bit stuck in our masculine, we have to shift that vibration to come into our goddess power because they are ready and waiting to support us. And that is really part of the magic. And I know that you and I have talked a lot about magic, even though you don't say that it's magic. It is what I call magic. You're always telling me that it's important to follow the breadcrumbs and that's what you've been doing for a very long time. Even when you went to India last year, you were still following the breadcrumbs. And those breadcrumbs are your soul talking to your angels, your guides, your teachers, your 
masters, your archangels, uh, your soul council, and they're working on a different level, on a different dimension, but you're actually hearing them. You just don't think that you're hearing them. So Vesta is ready to become your goddess. And I'm curious, what do you feel about that? And what do you think about the magic in your life? Well, definitely, um, there's been magic in my life, for sure. Like what you're saying, of synchronicities and so many blessings, too. I mean, the opportunity of doing yoga teacher training and so many of the things that I have learned in this life. And, uh, you know, sometimes when we're going through a challenge, it's hard to contemplate on all those blessings and all that magic. So uh, I think it's important not to get stuck on the frustration of the challenge that you're going through so that you can be grateful for the magic because the magic is definitely there. And I think when we get too frustrated is when we lose that magic, I think, um, the flow of the magic. Absolutely. But magic is everywhere. Whenever I ask for a sign, I will see, uh, you know, like even if we're... There was something written on Air One the other day, which was like, be here now. And I've heard it so many times. It's like, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, everybody says be in the present moment, be here now. But it's true. I mean, whenever I notice, and it doesn't mean not having thoughts, but whenever I do notice my thoughts, and then I remind myself to be in the present, I'll be like, pay attention to everything around you. And then say if I'm taking an Uber and he has the radio on, and it's like, okay, I just had a thought about, I don't know, a friend of mine. And then there'll be a, a song saying, um, we're there for each other or something. And I'm like, oh my God, I was just thinking of Vanessa. And then it was saying, and the song, the lyrics of the song was like, be there for each other or something like that. So, um, or if I'm thinking about, I'm like, oh, I just paid attention to my thought. And I'm thinking about the home. Am I ever going to find a home? Where am I supposed to live? And there'll be a song playing, keep on looking, um, <laughs> never, never give up or something. And I'll be like, oh, you know, so I'll be like, that's my message right there. Um, so that's the paying attention in the moment. Like it doesn't mean like, you know, we can't get rid of our frustrations or, but sometimes just being in the here now, paying it, I just had that thought and what's around me can give us answers for sure to what we're looking for. Because I do strongly believe in what you just said, you know, our angels, our guides, our spiritual teachers, the goddess, that we have a team working with us to help us accomplish what we said we came here to accomplish. And especially if we are really trying to get on that path of purpose i do strongly believe they're helping us to get there so it takes patience it takes practice it takes a lot of virtues i think but definitely um uh, there is a lot of magic we just have to pay attention to it and even with the cards like you said even picking cards can help you know, if you're um, feeling really stuck, you could walk into a, a metaphysical bookstore and just let the first thing come to you that you're drawn, pay attention to what you're drawn to and then pick that up and have a read. That might be a message there, or perhaps there's a crystal you're attracted to and then you can read the meaning of that crystal. We might say something. Um, yeah, so definitely, definitely a big, big believer in magic for sure. <laughs> That's such a good point, though, that you make, because I remember, and I know you're like this, too, from most of my younger adult life, I always 
loved metaphysical bookstores like that one on Wilshire that you went to the la- when we were taking teachers training and you were buying chocolates. Yes. Mm-hmm. I used to go in there all the time in high school and I definitely would listen to what I was drawn to and every single time it came out to be magical which is what I wrote about in the book it's like how can you avoid it how can anybody pretend that it doesn't exist it is everywhere and it's screaming so loud in my life I know it's happening for other people so can you talk to me because I think that the one thing that I didn't say was that our ancestors are also part of our guides and so That brings me to your grandmother, which we've talked about many times. But I think on some level, probably because I just had my Akashic Records read and it was so amazing, like mind-blowing for me, I think that for you, for sure, like hands down, I know that you have been a medicine woman in other lifetimes, for sure. And in this lifetime as well. And can you just tell us a little bit of your background, where you grew up, how you moved to London, and then um, also about your your grandmother and how you were kind of different than most of the other people. Can you talk about that a little? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm from Brazil. I was born in Brazil. I grew up with my grandmother. Um, apparently, I was very difficult with my mom, and then she handed me over to my grandmother, and I was very quiet with my grandmother. So my grandmother was a spiritual healer. She was also very psychic and um, she used to frequent a lot of spiritualist centers in Brazil and I used to go with her. So it was a little bit of a different upbringing because I was already in that metaphysical exposure where most people in my school weren't. So, um, I mean, my grandmother never really talked much about it. She had a bit of a challenging life with it. Um, you know, it's a long story. She kind of ran away from home and, um, you know, it wasn't so safe to be doing kind of spiritual work like the shaman as because you got judged Uh, in the world so she had kind of challenges with that but I do remember kind of just knowing you know that there was it's like I grew up with it so uh, my grandmother had a spiritual guide who she had a picture of Uh, one time she sat in bed and her voice completely changed and she said it's not your grandmother here it's Bayana, which was her spiritual guide. And I was like, oh my, I don't remember how old I was, maybe six or seven. And it was kind of weird. It was like, oh my God, like it's not my grandmother here. Her voice changed, her body posture changed. And then my grandmother walked out from the bed and fainted in the corridor and went, what happened? Um, she used to always go to waterfalls and give offerings of food. Um, yeah, there was m- many things going on. And then she had her own also earthly challenges with my uncles both her children um so it was a it was a turbulent life uh, upbringing but also i was very exposed to that spiritual world and i was very sensitive so i could just kind of feel everything that was going on around me but i was kind of quiet so when my grandmother passed away and I had to move to England is really when my spiritual um, seeking began because I couldn't really understand. I could pick up energy, but I didn't know about energy or because it never really got explained to me. Um, and it was something that I knew to keep quiet because people would judge you as witch or what you were doing. Um, 
so I didn't understand about energy. I didn't really, I, I had never heard the word empath. I didn't know I was an empath. Um, and that's when I used to go to, I, I, I searched for spiritualist churches and began to do readings with people. So whenever I was having a hard time, I would go see a channeler or a tarot reader. And always felt so much comfort in that because I felt that they were tapping into exactly what was going on for me in an energetic level and a cultural level and and their advice was always very nice like do for example um, take time for yourself take a walk in nature you feel better when that's happening I felt like they really understood me um, and whenever I would speak to people who weren't tapped into energy or healing they would just give more society societal advice like for example oh you just need to get a job or but if you don't if you don't like that why don't you just just give them a call or I don't know it would be very kind of their opinion I think and so I always went to see yeah like channelers readers uh, always felt a lot of spiritual comfort in that, but it, it never really answered all my questions. I mean, it did give me some comfort, but I'm like, it never gave me tools. Like how, but how do I deal with it? You know, how do I deal with my challenges? And I was seeking for tools on how to then deal my deal with my challenges, and that's when I found yoga, and that explains a whole lot more to me too. Like that, you know how everything is energy, your emotions are energy, like anger is an energy, anxiety is an energy. And by doing the Kriyas, I realized that I could shift that energy. So then I had a tool, um, not just a reading perspective of what's going on with me, but also I had a tool to work with. Um, and then I met a bunch of other people interested in the same things and realized I wasn't going crazy. <laughs> so, um, and, I <laughs> and I remember when we first met, we were still seeking it's like that that's that seeking is that deep feeling of like i want to know more and but there's more to it i know that there is more to it you know and i want to get to the answer exactly um so it's a it's a life journey you know it's never a one answer thing and as you know from having done your akashic record that's just like one part of it you know because if you think how infinite the universe is how many lifetimes we've have we have had it's always a continuing, it's not like I've seeked, found, and that's it. It's like, no, I'm still on my journey, you know, just different levels of it. Right, but what was so interesting, and to add to what you just spoke about, the Akashic Records, apparently I'm on my 78th life, but <laughs> but from the beginning of the creation of my soul, so it really forced me to take all of the information, all of the seeking, all of the curiosity that I've had for the last 30 years, probably my whole life, and the remembering from my past lives, because she said that I was an alchemist, I worked with Lord Melchizedek, like directly, I was a medicine woman, I was a Kirandera, all these things. But I take all that information and I'm like, okay, what do I do with that? And then I start to remember. And I think that some of it in the life of being on earth, is remembering our past lives and all the work we've already done from our past lives. But then, like you just said, some of the other work is realizing that we are in a time on this planet where everything is expanding and we're really getting a strong sense of the limitlessness and the infinite space that really 
exists for real, truthfully. And perhaps we feel that as well. So this curiosity to find the answers and this curiosity to feel into our authentic voice, really, for me, it's like the soul's purpose in this lifetime. So how she really helped me look at it was when you're thinking about this lifetime and then if you think, oh, I've got a, I've got 50 more lifetimes to go. That's not what she told me, but imagine she did. We have a, a soul purpose since in, since the inception of this soul and the soul will come to completion perhaps some people will come to it faster or slower but regardless your soul absolutely has a purpose and that's why the challenge is perhaps even the challenge of finding your home maybe you're going back from to your childhood of going back and forth from brazil to london and not feeling like you had a true stable home where you enjoyed yourself. And so in a way, your soul is healing this for the last time, where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to, f to feel a foundation beneath you. But in reality, someone's home is a luxury because your real home is your body. That's your real home, that's your temple. And that's the one that you can never take off. So as long as you feel good inside your body, that will vibrate out. And then that's when the magic happens also. That's a part of it as well. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's so amazing that you spoke about, you know, finding those answers. And I can't even imagine that there are people out there who don't even ask those questions. I guess their souls are just on a different journey. But I mean, don't you feel like everyone wants to know or do you feel like no not everybody even thinks about it oh wow, that's a good question um i think some people are not even aware of it they're just like you know they're in groups they're in family they're with a boyfriend with friends they're having a good time they're not thinking about it and i think some people do feel like an outsider in those groups and they're they have a slight awareness that they feel different but they don't know what, like, they don't know what, it, they haven't started seeking. And it, it might take them being in contact with somebody else who is, quote, unquote, a little bit more awakened or that have, that knows exactly what that is. And so when they come in contact with that person, they, it might spark something in them to, to go on that journey of, of um, getting self-realized or find, finding out more about themselves um and then some people it's i i think then for some people it's so strong that feeling of like this is not it there's more to it and and those people are kind of you know um already more on that path like they're seeking they're more the, the like the seekers they're going into spiritual bookstores they're going on retreats they're traveling to find whatever it is that they're going this is not it there is something more you know um so i think there's different groups of people but i think everybody gets there because they say uh we all you know we all here to grow and sometimes growth can come out of a out of a painful experience right like some person might be living a happy life not question anything but one day their life might change um whether it's a financial challenge they've gone through or a health challenge and maybe through that health challenge they they start seeking um you know holistic healing or different way of eating or and then from that it kind of they discovered as this whole new world they had no idea even existed so 
yeah, I think that's all, all that. I agree. I think that's absolutely on point. And of course, you know, that's why cancer is so prevalent these days, I guess. And especially for women, it's not by mistake, I don't think. I think all of these things are imbalances in the masculine and the feminine within the body. And they're definitely challenges to wake the person up and to put them through a very challenging time so that they don't stay asleep. I think that everyone on this planet from now forward, especially starting in 2023, because that's when the cusp of the Piscean age to the Aquarius to the age of Aquarius is over in 2023. And that's when the awakening of the planet is going to really ground its nails deep into mother earth and take root. That's what all of the books say. That's what all of the teachers say. That's what all of the ancient wise men and women say. And I can feel it within me as well. So I think on this planet, you're right. No one is going to be able to sort of escape their awakening. And so I guess that's why I'm doing this podcast (laughs) so that people can have another tool to listen to and to discover just where they want to be in their own awakening. I mean, I know it's possible because I have always been a seeker just like you and I've awakened. Maybe I'm not done awakening and I, I certainly hope not, but I definitely feel like a completely different person than when I started seeking when I was 17. Don't you? Yeah, me too, for sure. Um, I'm like, now I get it. You know, why I felt awkward, why, yeah, I felt out of place, why I tried to fit in, why I could hear. I remember having recollections of I can hear the voice in my head. Like, I'm aware of the voice in my head. That was so weird. I'm like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm a completely, I'm like, oh, now I get it, you know, um, and having met the, the tribe, you know, connecting with other people who you can discuss this type of thing with, um, it was, they say, right, in spiritual communities, finding your tribe, Yeah. that all really helps. So yeah, I definitely feel like I'm a completely different place now to then when I first started seeking. Um, it's like my journey is still unfolding, but at least now... I have some more explanations of like, oh, okay, I get it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. like, so, understanding things in energy, I think, makes a, a big difference. Um, understanding, you know, the synchronicities, the following the crumbs, um, looking back, kind of, under, when you look back, things always makes more sense. Um, and I'm definitely, I think, like you, like, okay, I'm sort of more in my in my own authenticity, my own uh, my like the 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 gap between my soul and my physical body has shortened. In other words, yes. Have you started to feel like your soul is driving your body? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. much more so than before. I mean, there's still. Uh, things that I make mistakes. Um, I mean, obviously, we'll make mistakes, but I mean, in the sense that there are moments where 
uh, I want to take charge. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, shoot, like I wasn't listening, you know. Uh, but definitely my soul or my guides are definitely communicating. It's it's not easy because it does take a lot of trust into the unknown and kind of yeah. being comfortable with not knowing what's next type of thing. Um, well, so the first Reiki um, initiator that I saw when I was 23 after having done a drug that was horrible for me. I had a horrible experience and I've always been very sensitive to drugs. So this one really put me put me past what was normal. And I talk about it in my book, but I needed to find some help. And that was the time in my life when I also became 100% sober in, in drugs. I still have had a little bit of wine here and there since I was 24 and 23. But so she told me and it, it was very clear. She had me write it on a piece of paper like a hundred times. And it was like attracts like. Vibration attracts vibration. And she was really the first person that spoke to me on energy. And now all these years later that I teach Kundalini, I know exactly what she was talking about. And like you... I know exactly when I'm not in my energy, when I'm not listening. But it's so interesting that all of that seeking has always been just an energy, a vibration. And if you let the vibration sink in and you really start to understand where you are on your vibra vibratory level or frequency, then you understand that you can raise it. And I think that's also what the law of attraction is. It's like you're going to attract what you're emitting out like a radio station and so if you're attracting something that you don't want it's up to you to do some sort of inner work and it's 4:44 right now this is a really powerful goddess time um it's up to you to do the inner work to awaken and shift that vibration up that's why your reiki work is so powerful because i swear when you gave me that first healing session I think I fell asleep. I don't know where I went. It was really deep. I was ready for it, but also you really guided it quite well. Can you talk a little bit about what you think you're doing when you're holding space with Reiki? Yeah, I feel like a connection to the Reiki, my Reiki masters. Um, and whenever I step into that space, it's like there's an energy that takes over. It's as though I'm just the channel and then an energy comes through. And all that I'm doing in my head and in my heart is I'm praying. And I like to do a Brazilian prayer, kind of keep repeating that. And it's also meditation because um, in Reiki, you don't have to, but I like to do this, which is dropping into my awareness of sensation and noticing, you know, how do I, f what's my body feeling? What's my hands are feeling? And... Um, and by holding that space for somebody else, it's like I'm also entering that energy myself of the, I don't know, of the Reiki. It's, it's magical. I mean, Reiki is really, the healing energy is magical. It calms your mind. Um, it's like I enter a different space. And, the, and therefore, also the person who 
um, I'm doing the healing for also gets into that like love calming uh, space of that energy of love and healing and they they usually it's usually the person fall asleep it's very relaxing for them I don't have any visions while I'm doing the Reiki healing um, but that doesn't mean that it's uh, not a powerful session um, but I know some healers also work with visuals and they get visual while they're doing the Reiki healing some people work with crystals yeah I mean like you said everything is energy and if we're not doing any work uh, to clear energy, to um, drop into the energy the vibration that we're always just in the head and in the material, you know, eating cakes to feel better, smoking a cigarette to get rid of anxiety. Um, I don't know, getting into some funky habits like overworking or controlling people, um, you know, if we're not doing anything for our energy. And meditation is also super powerful. But I do find that meditation is super powerful, but energy healing, I've had, and also I've had so many healings done to myself. Like, um, I'm a patient, I'm a receiver of healing energy, as well as a, a healer to other people. And it works wonders. It just helps you to clear fogginess, I feel. So I think it's super important. And as you said, as we move more into this Aquarian age, it doesn't matter what you do, um, but it is important that you do something um, in the in the energy level, whether you have a crystal session or a Reiki healing or you take a Kundalini yoga class, something you need to we need to do something to keep on clearing the energy and working with the energy not just something for the physical not just something for the mental it really is important to do all three and especially as we are living in a, in a you know in a fast-paced world with the technology um you know i, I do, do know that yogi bhajan said something about the how technology was going to be so advanced but then if we don't have the capacity energetically to navigate it to kind of not get distracted and to to sustain it to sustain, to sustain it, it yeah then um then it's going to cause a lot of anxiety stress all sorts of things you know for us so it's super important in the, the day and age that we're living in to have some form of energy work that we're doing that we're receiving in order to stay steady to stay focused to not lose it basically <laughs> So yeah, what would so you say to people who, you know, like Jeff, remember from our level two, who they go out on the weekends and they drink and there's still a large population of humans on this planet who, at least in the West, in America here, they go out and they drink even in Europe and they, they may not be focusing on energy. They're experiencing it because they're human. So they may not be aware of it, but they're going out and they're partying and they think that that is the only way to have fun. What do you think about that type of living compared to how you're living now? Would you say you miss that? Or uh, No, not at all. I mean, I've never liked it to begin with, um, which drew me more to go out salsa dancing instead of clubbing. I never, I was never in the drinking scene. I did a, a little bit, maybe I tried, because I was like, there must be something wrong with me, because I just want to drink cappuccino at nine o'clock at night instead of having a glass of wine. So I did give it a go, but it really wasn't for me. Um, 
But what I do have to say about people who are living that way, um, I don't know. I mean, there's no judgment. I think, you know, if they're unaware, I guess that's just what they're doing. I mean, there's an aspect of it that could be fun, but it's definitely not conscious, you know. Um, I think eventually kind of it just takes you into, it's like it's controlling you instead of you, you living the life that you want. Life is taking hold of you you know like you you're not aware of when somebody's being manipulative to you or maybe somebody who goes out drinking falls in in love with a person you know because they're attractive and then they go down that road with them um and that end up being a relationship moving in together i just think it kind of slows down their life it kind of derails them from being instead of being kind of on a nice journey where they could take a train ride and enjoy the view and kind of be more focused that way it takes them off the path and you know it can be dangerous because eventually you can when you wake up you can look back at your life and feel like oh my gosh I got myself into all of this now I have a mortgage I've got to move out from that place it's like undoing all that that you went off that road not realizing it you know and and the effects that it has on your health so i think you know if you if it's something that you do for fun and you you have some sort of a conscious practice you could balance it out and do it in moderation if it's something you're addicted to i think eventually will catch on to you because you will have choices thrown at you that you might regret later you know um you're not going to be as clear to do a business deal you're not as clear as about what you want to manifest in your life you're definitely not in that more manifesting path you're more in the reactive path you know this is what happened well they told me well i don't know they were so convincing i signed the contract and then and you get on you want to like drinking more smoking more type of um habit so yeah so true true. i don't know what do you think yeah i think that if you want like yogi bhajan says and i think i've heard this from a couple of other health people is in your childhood your body and your digestive system can eat anything and then you start to grow up and in your 20s you either you know if you're a more sensitive soul you're a more sensitive human Maybe you'll start to get challenges with your digestive system or your health to sort of wake you up. But if you don't have any problems, then your, your body will still digest the food. But if you're not eating to live till you're 100, then your body is going to start slowing down its ability to metabolize. And then in your 30s, it's going to slow down even more. So whatever you eat in your 30s or drink, you know, in your 30s, that's what you're going to start paying for in your 40s and your 50s and your 60s, you know. And if you get to 70, that's pretty amazing if you've not treated your body well. That's very true. And so on an energetic level, I think that you have to, you ha- if you can't give your body some thought, then your body's not going to be as rewarding to you. And that's where you're going to go through your own challenges to grow. Yeah, that's true. And also, I think it's one thing, like I'm a big advocate for pleasure and doing things for pleasure. I don't like to be uh, rigid about anything, but I do think it's important to have a good balance, like 80% discipline, 20% pleasure. So it's like, even if you're eating very healthy, of course, you know, 20%, if you're um, you know, traveling in Europe and you're at this beautiful place and you fancy, you know, having a pizza, you're in Italy, you fancy drinking a little glass of wine, no problem. Um, 
but it, it's a different feel. It's like you're enjoying the moment. But if you're going out drinking to cover up some emotions like a heartbreak or um, anxiety from your job or stress from this, I mean, definitely is a, I think it's a roller coaster, a snowball roller coaster down the hill, as you said, about the physical body. On a physical, emotional, and mental level, I think, oh gosh, now you kind of roll down the hill. And not that it's ever too late to kind of come back up, but I think if you have the information now, make an effort now. It might be challenging to um, commit to eating healthier, to doing yoga, to exercising, to giving up something that um, might feel like it's an easier uh, route like drinking but it will pay off in the long term um i want to talk a little bit also about the pleasure aspect because now i'm starting to see since i've been you know been teaching kundalini for f- almost five years now so i'm really starting to get it and see the changes within myself but i definitely not very good at creating pleasure for myself like i get pleasure out of doing meditation and going to sadhana <laughs> Which is like hyper disciplinary, hyper masculine. And then I forget about all the other goddesses like Lakshmi and Saraswati and all of like the music and dance, like dancing. I grew up dancing and I miss it so much. When you talk about dancing, I've told you before, I want to come, I want to do it, mm-hmm. but I'm in this homemaker space of having young kids and for some reason, I feel super responsible and disciplined in being a good mother. And that's like my first role. Can you speak a little bit to people who are maybe over exaggerated or exaggerated rather in their masculine or their feminine? Like for me, feminine is all about pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's all about, like we talked about last time, it's being in the flow. It's going, you know, putting, parking your car on the street and putting money in for a couple of hours. And then you end up going to a yoga class and then you see somebody you haven't seen for months and they say, let's go here. We're going to a lunch party and then you go. And then all of a sudden it's like nine o'clock at night and you forgot to put money in your meter and you have to go back and pick up your car and your, your car has a ticket, especially in Santa Monica. So that's going to be too, too much pleasure, too much feminine. And then there was no disciplinary masculine to balance it out. What do you think is the perfect, either the perfect balance, or what do you think about finding pleasure even through discipline? Um, well, I think if you're starting off and you're more in the, um, that other lifestyle that we talked about, like the drinking, the and one day you wake up and go, oh, my God, like I do want to, you know, my New Year's resolution is to lose weight, is to um, commit myself to the gym or whatever it is. Um, you might need some help. I think like um, uh, like having a mentor, having a personal trainer, having a health coach can help you. Um, to motivate you, to keep you accountable, joining some groups, you know, I think finding a community, like, or doing teacher training, you know, it keeps you um, something that you commit to that keeps you coming back to, because I do think in the beginning, making that transition is not easy. So when I say about the balance, I think, um, don't beat yourself up if you are making the effort to 
Um, so you just enrolled in a teacher training because you're like, I want to change my life. Like I'm sick and tired of enough with the drinking, enough with eating so many muffins and pizza takeaways all the time and watching movies. Like I want to take hold of my life. I'm going to do this, right? But then, you know, give yourself a break. If you're already doing so much hard work, sometimes you might default back to wanting to have a, a piece of pizza or you want to default back to having that glass of wine. Um like give yourself permission it's okay um but you will inevitably fall in love with the 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 discipline because like you said you enjoy now meditation you miss it it's like your body will just crave that good feeling it's like it's a hard work that has a good feeling afterwards so it's hard to do it's not sometimes always easy to do a yoga kriya um, it's not always easy to wake up early and have a cold shower, but like I crave that feeling now that I feel after having had a cold shower. So it's not that I enjoy the cold shower, but I crave the feeling of after. So, and I know my, my life, my energy level isn't the same when I'm not doing some of those things that make me feel really good. So I could never go back to eating pizza all the time, for example, or drinking a cappuccino and a croissant. Like I love breads, you know all the time because it's like, oh no, God, I've got to move. Like I like that feeling of the endorphins after I've moved. I like that feeling after I've stretched and sweated. And some people are very goal oriented and then they can have more of that very disciplined lifestyle, which I think we can see with, for example, athletes or people that get into, what do you call it? Um, those triathlons, you know, they're very disciplined people and they get so addicted to that good feeling that they take it to another level. They're doing triathlons. They're, you know, um, a tennis player. Um, so I think it's knowing thyself, you know, if you are that driven person, you will go to that, like I am doing this and I'm never going back to the, to the other one. But if you're not that, and you've got to still step into both worlds, then I think it's that balance you're talking about, about the feminine and masculine. Yeah. But what do you do for pleasure now other than dancing and taking a walk in nature? Yeah, I'm like you, like I'm a, I'm a, not addicted to, but I do, I, I'm addicted, kind of addicted to the things that give me a good feel feeling. So it's the yoga, the, the taking a walk in nature, but the, the guilty, guilty pleasures, I would say, it's for me, it's like having a croissant and I, I, can't drink coffee very often because it does affect my nervous system um, but every now and again I will be like no I actually really fancy a cappuccino or something or and I'll have that so for me food like I love food so um, I like to treat myself sometimes I go no I fancy a pizza and I'll have a good pizza um, I don't drink so alcohol is not one of my guilty pleasures so in the food aspect there's definitely that um, and then on the other part of the time, I'll eat very healthy. What else? And then giving myself some self-love through like booking a massage. I booked a massage the other day, felt really good. It was like, actually, I'm always working so hard. It'd be nice to just receive something nurturing and I'll feel like I have to do anything today. Um, and today, like it's raining in LA. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to stay in and not feel like, again, I have to do anything physical you know yeah so the balance is really important to me or even like I said okay the dance is definitely a pleasure that I enjoy and not feel guilty uh, because it's like oh it's sensual dancing you know uh, it's like well I can still do that and combine it with the yoga last night I went out dancing so I came home at like it was one or two in the morning I hardly ever do that because I like to wake up early but it was like a guilty guilty pleasure that I allow myself to have because I enjoy it 
Yeah, I think that's the point is shifting what we enjoy and really, it sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like you're becoming wise. Like I'm listening to you talk and I'm hearing a lot of the conversations that I have within myself Mm -hmm. and the dialogue is always, I'm evolving. I'm evolving into my wisdom and my, it's like my tastes are changing and I think that it is part of becoming goddess again for all people, for men and women to balance out whatever their guilty pleasures used to be, creating healthier ones. And that's just creating more balance, but still hanging on to the warmth and the remembering of enjoying a good cup of cappuccino. Um, I think that that sounds very balanced and I think that maybe in the future, you know, maybe a hundred years from now, there will be a different form of pleasure. I heard that the future is androgynous. So, you know, we're not going to be as caught up in what is feminine and what is masculine, uh, because we're all going to feel balanced within ourselves. A man's going to put, you know, some jewelry on. And maybe, maybe a little bit of lipstick or maybe, I don't know, and go out and go dancing too, or go out and sing or go out and try an instrument. And a woman is, you know, going to be commanding and very fiery, like the goddess Pele and determined to create, like, that's what we're in right now in this Me Too movement is the women are saying no more. We're taking our power back. We are becoming fiery and like lava in a volcano it's like we're erupting mm-hmm. and yes. I like that <laughs> I think that that's it's so appropriate so it's all about finding the balance and we're not we haven't been in balance the the universe or maybe earth maybe other planets in other universes are in balance more so than ours but this planet has not been in balance for the last 2500 years and we're going to maybe for the first time ever or maybe we're going to go back to like the golden age of lemuria and atlantis but even they messed up because they're no longer here so It's like a cycle maybe, but I think that we're coming into one of the most powerful times on earth Mm -hmm. and finding balance in our own lives is really going to be the key to unlock the door. Mm -hmm. I'm really feeling that deeply. And every time I teach, it's like I say things because, you know, when we teach Kundalini yoga, at least we're not really, we're sort of channeling. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel it so deeply. And um, Karina, is there anything that you want to add, knowing what you know when you teach Kundalini Yoga and doing the Reiki that maybe some of the listeners could benefit from? I just want to encourage whoever's listening to just um, keep seeking, um, keep finding that balance for you, keep listening to your inner voice, and be nice to yourself in the process. So. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. I love you so much. You know, you're definitely, we've been together in other lifetimes. I know it for sure. I mean, I I don't find many people in my life these days that I am not reconnecting with from past lives. And I know for sure that when we saw each other, I don't know what it was. It was very bizarre. It was like, we were, we were not really supposed to be talking. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's true that day and and then we were both in teachers training together so well one I want to thank you because mm. I don't know what it is about us getting together but we're like we're like sisters or something that we can just talk and talk and talk and talk it's already been an hour and 15 minutes yeah that's true and um but I do want to say that we all as humans as you know have that creator and the ruler of the universe within mm -hmm. us that's what being human is about and to call upon that supreme being and having at least one or two thoughts about what that could mean for you every day to build on that to create balance in your life or to find your inner goddess if you don't already feel like you live your life like a goddess at least make one little change in your thinking so i just really quickly yeah. i'm so grateful to you for existing and for being such a beautiful bright light and you are already a goddess even though you don't think so <laughs> i'm in the process of unleashing her yes yeah thank you i love you you're such an angel goddess and angel thank you okay listeners seriously Karina is the real deal. Go seek her out. Anyone looking for a health coach or a Reiki master or even a Reiki practitioner to receive Reiki, a Kundalini yoga teacher if you live on the west side, or just a great person to talk to, go see Karina Gion Atma at her website, Daily Rise N like the letter N, shine. She can book you or a health coaching session or even teach you how to change the way you're eating by going shopping for you. She has a multitude of options available. So go visit her. She's an amazing healer, an amazing woman, and an amazing goddess. Now, as usual, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, Becoming Goddess Again. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them below and definitely reach out to me at yogivanessa.com.